Hey there, humans. Welcome to Sinister Soup, the podcast show where we explore genre fiction through the lens of literature, film, and ridiculous conversation. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Travis Vermolum. And I am your main co-host, Clay Vermolum. Oh, is that is that how we're doing this now? <laughs> you don't think that's a funny bit? I think it's. Okay. A, they know it's a bit. Yeah, you go ahead. You go ahead and think that's a bit. You haven't been a little brother. Oh. Oh, is that where we're going with it? <laughs> it's going to be right to the victim card, huh? Yep, I'm pulling it. Anyway. All right. Well, here's the card I'm pulling. Hey, listeners, I'm sorry that my co-host thinks you're too dumb to realize that was a joke. Wow. But I don't think that. I think you're smart. You know, what I think the listeners really want right now is some culture. Uh, yeah, well, I got something to bring. You do? You got something to bring? Yeah, I got something to bring. You want it? Yeah. It's well, coming at you right now. Yeah, bring me some culture. All right, here it is. My uh, Bring Some Culture shout-out for the week is to Mark R. Morris Jr. He's a uh, solopreneur expert. Um, he's a business uh, writer. He's done a lot of like copywriting, copy editing, um, and he is also a professional ghostwriter, among many other things, including a fellow podcast host. Mm. Um, his podcast is called Eight Second Rule. And if you're into like learning the tips and tricks of marketing and using social media effectively and actually like using story to develop your brand, mm-hmm. Mark R. Morris Jr. is a masterclass. His podcast, Eight Second Rule, is a masterclass on that on all those topics. And he is also a very approachable, very friendly man. Um, he's on LinkedIn. You can find him and connect with him, and he'll probably send you a message being like, hey, you want some help? That's um, amazing. Yeah, he reached out to me on LinkedIn just like that when I first connected with him. And since, like, he gave me an hour consultation for free the other day, which is something he gets paid professionally to do, you know? Wow. Um, and it was very useful. I, I just asked for some advice on ghostwriting. And just because we've talked on LinkedIn a few times, he, he hooked me up with like a free hour class. So, yeah, and he, he offers 30-minute uh, consultations to people for free. So um, I highly suggest reach out to him, connect with him. He's got a book called Creativity that just came out. It's very good. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I recommend Mark R. Morris Jr. very highly in, in all regards. Sounds like an invaluable source for burgeoning authors, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think anybody who's got a cool creative endeavor that they're trying to undertake. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. What do you got? Well, I was uh, I was kind of rotating on a few this week, and I've decided to stick with the one that's going to be pretty familiar already, because it's very similar to one I've already done, but uh, different in some very small key ways. So I'll probably have a pretty short segment today, but um, another YouTube channel. I think they have a podcast as well. They're a website called Gems on VHS, G-E-M-S on VHS. And they are very in the same similar vein as Western AF that I've pitched before. They're kind of a YouTube channel that goes around and does like short little biography videos on uh, folk artists around the country. They focus a little more on just general folk, not like um, old-time country sound. Um, so they're definitely, I think, they are targeting a, a different market from Western AF that kind of crosses into the same market sometimes. 
but I really enjoy a lot of the artists they've given. And they're kind of the same where like, if you love music to where you don't want to just get the music, but you want to hear like, what's the story behind the song? Like, how did that person come to write it? Like, what is that person doing right now? I watched one the other day where they were literally like talking to him about his van. Like he bought a, like a van and is living out of a van, this artist. And they interviewed him just about his van. Like it wasn't even about his music. <laughs> <laughs> and it mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Like he was just talking about like how he's making it work, like living out of a van um, and driving around the country right now in like COVID times and playing whatever shows you can. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, Gems on VHS uh, on YouTube, or I think they have a website, a podcast, wherever you can find them. That sounds amazing. Anybody trying to get that glimpse behind the proverbial curtain, Gems on VHS sounds like a great place to do that for some awesome musicians and artists. I think that too with like, I don't know, at least with art for me, like anytime, which is particularly, I think why I like um, live Dungeons and Dragons shows so much is because anytime I can see just like the human side of an artist, I automatically like their material better. Um, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's even just going to like a live concert will do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I like Nickelback because of that. You... Yeah, like seeing how they <laughs> interact with the crowd and stuff like that's so valuable. Yeah, I mean it was it was yeah. That's not a band I would generally be too into, but like they were so good live that I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I mean. Yeah, all right. Sure. <laughs> crack open a a bush light and go to town (laughs) we all want to be rock stars absolutely we do absolutely we do Mm -hmm. that is one thing like not to get too far off track we'll bring it back but just a short comment like you're gonna hate on nickelback all you want but i'm i'm just saying to the people out there who do hate on nickelback you know the words to rock star you know you do yeah you probably know the words to photograph too probably and you, i do I'll, i won't deny it i know every word <laughs> or that song that goes uh this is how you remind me of what i really am yep yep oh yeah we all know it <laughs> all right okay so, so anyway <laughs> little defense of nickelback and some culture uh we have brought our culture what's our next segment for the evening brother man all right, our next segment for the evening is my personal favorite segment where we're going to debate a movie or a book. Um, but we are going to set our true feelings aside because the side we're going to argue depends entirely on a dice roll. The lower roller will always have to argue that the movie or book sucks, regardless of whether they like it or not. And the higher roller gets to defend the movie or has to defend the movie, depending on whether they like it or not. Either way, we got to play our roles. <laughs> Get it? Yeah, good pun. I didn't good write pun. that ahead of time. Clay, st- hold, hold up. I think you'll have to do that again. I'm so sorry. Um, I literally think this mic is doing so well that it just picked up my fart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to do it again. I think... <laughs> I think it'll be fine, and I think if that's in there, then that's beautiful. I really don't want that to happen. Uh, you're going to cut this, right? <laughs> Not if the fart's in there, then this is staying. <laughs> that's, 
that's just i mean you're recording bro you can't be doing that if you don't want it on the in the final oh, edit enough. you know what fair enough <laughs> all right ready let's roll Five. 17 <laughs> dude you lose every time i i'm telling you it is the dm's curse i for listeners for you to know i am primarily a dungeon master when we play D. and for all you dungeon masters out there you know that when you are a player or when you are rolling for a competition of some sort you always roll bad it's the dm's curse and i have it in this this show you do I mean, there's no denying it. No, I've lost every time. You're 0 for 4. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to tell them the, the trash movie we're about to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't luckily have to tell them about that. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell them about the best movie that has ever been created. Oh, And I'm state. usually saying that with a... Okay, it's not the best movie that's ever ever been created, but it is it is actually my favorite movie. It's literally my favorite movie, and I don't care what anybody has to say about that. I love it. It is so me because it's Cabin in the Woods, I should have said, uh, directed by Drew Goddard and uh, produced by Joss Whedon, written by Joss Whedon as well, right? Yeah, both, sure. both of them co-wrote co it. Co-wrote it, but... You know, Joss Whedon, modern Joss Whedon aside, I was a really big Joss Whedon fan back in the Firefly and, like, Cabin in the Woods days. Buffy. Buffy, yeah. Um, and I was just so thrilled uh, that when he partnered with Drew Goddard, who has literally never done anything bad. Um, okay. <laughs> well, he has done a couple things bad that he was, like, a writer on. But his, everything he's directed is amazing. He's only directed a few things. Um, but when he directs it, it is, it is completely gold. Every time. Um, and Cabin in the Woods is a shining example of that. What an amazing uh, movie that that was. It is so blatantly satire on the side of like the horror movie aspect that you almost forget that the real satire is the science fiction aspect of the story. Um, and that's another thing I love about it, is that it's like science fiction mashed with horror. I mean, that's my jam. And Drew Goddard's like comedic timing and sense of character is profound every time he directs, and, and especially when he directs and writes. He has such a great vision and a, a great knack for bringing out the funny moments, bringing out the uh, tragedy, and doing all of that at the same time, to the point that it's almost confusing. So yeah, that's my opening statements. Cabin in the Woods is my favorite movie. All right. My thing with this film is um, satire has to also, I feel like, okay, let's go to my favorite shining example of this. Scream 2. Scream 2 is a satire. Um, of horror movie and specifically of horror movie sequels but within being a satire it is also like a good horror movie like it's also a stellar horror film that is also a satire so 
I feel like the best satires pull that off. They are as good at being the thing that they are making fun of as they are at making fun of it. And Cabin in the Woods to me is not good at being a horror film. It is very cliche written, which again, it was making fun of those cliches, but it did so in a way that like, you could predict almost every beat until the end. You could predict like every beat of the, of the horror trope story that was coming with like the blatant sort of stereotyping of the characters that again was done for a purpose but like it didn't pull off the thing that it was making fun of so i feel like the making fun of it part had a lot less bearing and i think a lot of people i'm gonna criticize something that i don't normally criticize because it actually has nothing to do with the film i don't know how much goddard had to do with this but the advertising of cabinet <laughs> Woods was awful it shot itself in the foot with the advertising because it came out with these commercials that were like this is going to be the scariest movie of the year blah blah blah. and i so many people went to the movie theater expecting like terrifying film and what they got was what they got and that is a pretty subpar horror film and if you go in there expecting that it's not good so I feel like it could have done much better at being the thing that it was making fun of and still like made fun of it subtly. But instead it just leaned fully into the satire side. And what we got was this like, kind of like pretentious, like, oh, you just don't get it. Um, <laughs> when people like insult the movie, that's kind of the answer they get from diehard fans and the answer they get from like a lot of the creators as well. of like, oh, you just didn't understand. And it's like, well, maybe you could have made it good without them understanding it at the same time, and you would have reached a wider audience. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's hard to understand. Um, I think <laughs> it's pretty easy to understand. I completely disagree with you. I think that that movie played really hard into the stereotypes in the beginning, but then it, it takes quite a few like hard left turns that you're not... Uh, prepared for and that's where the suspense comes from yeah um it does take some left turns i don't know i just feel like they never have as much of a punch as you want though like i just have so many friends who have come to be about that movie and like it wasn't scary at all and it's like yeah i don't know if that was their purpose but like the fact that it was in the horror genre even if it was horror genre satire it should have been frightening in some ways. And most people I hear that like insulted are like, no, it wasn't frightening at all. Like I didn't, I wasn't scared by even any of the jump scares. And that's where my big issue is, is like, if you're going to satire something, it should also be, it should also be good enough to stand on its own in the genre so that people start like scream is at very many moments, scream two, especially, is a very frightening film. Like you never know where Ghostface is gonna be, even though within all of that, they still definitely spoof a lot of the sequel tropes and like kill off people where you don't think they're gonna kill people off. And I think Cabin in the Woods was trying to do that, but like didn't satisfy the horror fans, only the satirist fans. Well, Cabin in the Woods isn't really a horror movie. I call it, I say it's a sci-fi movie. It's billed as a horror comedy, though. I know. They build it bad. I, I don't disagree with that. It should be billed, in my opinion, as a horror sci-fi comedy. Mm. 
I mean, most of it's most of it is sci-fi because I mean that's what and know. and you could argue fantasy. You could argue it's fantasy. all about the would, gods, would... sacrifices. Yeah, but so is Lovecraft. That's its problem. That's... It's not. It's not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. It it kind of is. It has horror elements. Lots of them. They're like the foundation of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know if I agree with that. I think the laboratory is the real story. Yeah, I mean, by the the protagonist theory would back you up on that of the first person you hear and see on screen is your lead. Yeah, and it opens with like just a cold open right into their conversation. You know, mm-hmm. it it shows, and that is a really powerful part of the movie. I mean, that's one of my favorite openings in any movie. It's part of the reason it's my favorite movie in general is because it starts with that normal conversation about kitchen cabinets and that says so much about the characters because of the mm. totally messed up stuff that they do every day at work. But, but it's having a normal conversation. Yeah, it's still water cooler talk. And if you don't think that's terrifying, <laughs> you know, it's a different kind of terrifying. But like the point of that conversation is that those are that's real. That's real. That's in real life. You know, you, there's a water cooler at the office where they pilot drones. And those conversations about like having too many moles in your yard are happening. And then those men are going back or men or women are going back to their computers and murdering villages. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I feel like my main problem with it is, is just remain the same. And like, your arguments are valid. That's the problem. Is like I don't know how to counter you. I just think that the movie tried to be something that it didn't tell its audience it was going to be. And I think in some ways you have to. You have to let them know that they're stepping into more of a comedy, more of a satire, more of a horror or a horror spoof sci-fi movie, less of a just a straight up horror. I kind of fault it for not really conveying that tone and like you don't realize until half like halfway through the film like oh this isn't a scary movie really it's kind of like a it's more of like a sci-fi satire oh okay or you know that's like me but other people would get halfway through the movie and be like why the hell am i watching this and then they they're like i came for a horror movie i'm done and that's it see listeners i told you he thinks you're dumb he says you can't. <laughs> you can't figure out the movie. Yeah, you can't figure out Kevin in the woods like like he. You gotta turn me turn this around on me. <laughs> well, I'm sorry if I'm a little bored with your deflections to scream too. Are you, <laughs> you gonna come with some heat? Well, you can stay bored because beer of the oh, week. Oh, it's beer of the week. Yeah, we're going beer, beer of the week. week. What a great conclusion. Okay. All right. What a great conclusion. ASMR, you ready? Just... Crack it. I already opened mine. So oh. <laughs> that was stealthy. They're all ASMR set. Oh, ASMR set. Here we go. All right. What are you drinking today, bro? I'm drinking a brewery that is a mere like six to seven blocks away from me called Tin Lizard Brewing Company. Mm, I like the name. In Bryn Mawr. Yeah, so do I. Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Uh, which is just right next to Villanova's campus. And there I'm having their instant karma pilsner. 
Uh, Pilsner. Mm-hmm. How is it? It's, it's good. It's light. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. This is one of the my favorite light beers I think I've ever had. And I hate light beer. You know I do. That. What's it called? Instant Karma? Instant Karma. Instant Karma. Instant, Instant Karma. Karma. It's light, but it's... I don't know. It's almost like sweet enough that you don't... Yeah, I can't really explain it. I'm not a... You know, I'm not great at naming things and tasting like the people who are professionals but it's it's got like a sweet tone to it and it doesn't have that like hardcore beer aftertaste that i feel like a lot of light beers have you know it would be kind of a fun thing to do for beer of the week that i just thought of what? if we each pick a <laughs> if we each pick like a beer adjective and you have to include <laughs> it in your description of your beer okay <laughs> maybe we can start that next yeah. time uh, I like. I'd, I'd agree. That'd be. I fun. don't know, Philip Ridgers. I think you're our only listener that listens every time. So <laughs> why don't you tell us? Do you think that would be funny? Um, hey, you could even give us both an adjective if you want, Philip Ridgers. You could give us both an adjective, and we have to try to use it. Mm-hmm. Is- I would love that. Uh. I would shout out some friends, but I don't know who's listening and who's not. So whoever's listening, that's my friend out there. Tucker Zahosky, I know you do on car trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, tell us who you are. There's like there's like at least nine of you. So, <laughs> you know, tell us who you are. Hit, hit us up in the comments. Sign up for my newsletter. Follow us on Instagram. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd like to hear from you. And, uh. Yeah. What beer you got? Well, bro? I'm trying Fat Orange Cat again. They got, uh, <laughs> they're supposed to be all good. So this one's called I Don't Like Mondays. Uh, this is part of the IPA quest. A valiant quest it is. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> you have not slain the dragon. No, I have not caught the dragon. I don't even know where the dragon, the dragon lives. It's burning villages down then. Yeah. I'm just like wandering yeah. around in the mountains, the total wrong mountains, looking <laughs> looking for a dragon's lair and finding nothing but ash and aspirin. Well, with that, I must also admit my defeat because I'm starting to feel like that Bernie Sanders meme where he's like, I am once again asking for your donations. <laughs> I am once again asking you to please forgive me for all of my lies about Kevin. <laughs> Not all of them. It was branded terribly. Oh, yeah, but that's not the movie's fault. Like, it was advertised awful. Everyone expected it to be a horror straight up, and it was not. It's so much better. Mm-hmm. It's making fun of the jump scare movies. I think it's right on par with Scream 2 of, like, the best horror satires I've seen. Those two are top tier. For oh, me. yeah, they're two of the best satires, period. Period, yeah. Because, yeah. uh-huh. I mean, the hardest genre to satirize is the genre that's easy to satirize. Yeah, because you want to do like you don't want to do like scary a, movie. Scary movie is fun, yes, but like they're pretty stupid and they're not very great. But like Scream Two and Cabin in the Woods are genius and clever and and straight up really well done satires. Oh yeah, they're a blast, uh, both of them. I I agree with Scream as well. It's it's a great film. I mean, basically, if you poured Scream through like a colander full of dirty gym socks that's what scary movie is 
That's true. <laughs> if, you, if Scream was written by like a middle school boy yeah. in his edgy in his face, edgy face, mm-hmm. we all have one. Mm-hmm. We all have one. Um, that's scary movie for sure. Mm-hmm. I will say too, Cabin in the Woods is just. I think the whole cast is amazing, but Richard Jenkins and Bradley oh. Whitford, who played Citizen oh. and Hadley carry they killed it and they always do both of them they're just oh they're they're so so good good. they're like back and forth their their relationship and their dialogue is so stellar i was absorbed Mm -hmm. jenkins is amazing in Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. he's in i mean give some love to bradley oh he's great he's great not not long after cabin in the woods i think what five or no six or seven years i think he did uh get out true and that was menacing just the way he delivers the you know i would have voted for obama (laughs) (laughs) in the theater i was like that was fantastic he's got such good comedic timing but yeah richard jenkins dude uh i can't remember the best i love the line in cabin in the woods when she like starts talking their one coworker starts talking about like how they're administering the poison mm-hmm. and he's just like say it to me one more time slower <laughs> it's like oh my gosh yeah. like those characters are just fantastic i love them i love that opening scene it's so great like he's playing with his like cup the entire time just like barely listening mm-hmm. and then that just ends with him like are you even listening to me <laughs> he's like no he's not he's been like trying to put his straw in his cup <laughs> like the entire scene i think too though like yeah you like nailed it of that their relationship their dynamic is like so indicative of how many like that happens probably we don't even realize it but there's people in the cia probably doing like yeah really shady things that are like going home from work every day and being like oh yeah gotta build these cabinets today or oh my kid in middle school like got detention <laughs> go and see the principal <laughs> go and see the principal today after you just left like your job doing something that you can't talk about because it's so secret right yeah that would be i can't imagine what that's like but i want to talk about too like to put some praise on drew goddard because I was looking back at his filmography to sort of like prep for this and you're right. He hasn't directed much, but uh, the credits he has for his production, I was surprised to see cabin in the woods. Isn't even the favorite thing of his he's done for me. Hmm. He saved daredevil dude. Oh yeah. He did daredevil and it was so good. New daredevil and like brought it back from the depths that Ben Affleck's daredevil had put it in. And that show. I still think it's probably my favorite Netflix series that's ever been made. It's bar none my favorite superhero show. Mm-hmm. And second only to Nolan's Batman's. The yeah. first two. The first two. Yeah, it was stellar, dude. Um, that, he just got, he nailed the tone. Like, and who he hired to direct, who he hired to write, the actors he brought in. He got Daredevil right finally <laughs> oh yeah and the fight scenes man the choreography in that show is so good it's it's mind-blowing hallway fights 
hallway fights for days. All the hallway fights. <laughs> he definitely watched Old Boy for some inspiration. Because, <laughs> like, Daredevil gets just wrecked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, every episode, he gets completely annihilated. But he keeps pressing on because he's Daredevil. Because his dad did that. <laughs> Was a fighter. Yeah. He's a fighter. Yeah. Daredevil's great. I cannot tell you how excited I was when I heard they were doing my favorite superhero and it was like my favorite director writer. Yeah. It's like, I cannot believe this is happening. (laughs) I'm not even going to get excited because they're going to change the director to like Michael Bay. (laughs) Zack Snyder directs. (laughs) Well, yeah. Have you seen the Zack Snyder cut of Daredevil, bro? <laughs> They're probably so good. The Snyder cut, so out good. No, I really enjoyed Cabin in the Woods. Um, I lost the dice roll once again. One uh, of the, I guarantee the time I win, I'm gonna. It's gonna be like a book I hate. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. It's gonna be a book I just think is trash or a movie, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the roll and have to defend it. What are we? What are we doing next? Uh, the next book, which I am about three quarters of the way through, um, is we're going to begin the first law series by Joe Abercrombie with mm. his first installment, um, the Blade itself. All right. I believe you've already read it, and I'm I'm finishing it up right now. I have. I'm yeah. I think I'll give it another read. Throughout the course of the week as well. Yeah. I'll save my thoughts, but I have many. Oh, there are many to have. All right, everybody. This has been an episode of Sinister Soup. We had some good times. I don't think we had any bad ones, but let us know if we did. Again, <laughs> hit us up on Instagram. I'm Claver Mullen Fiction there. I'm Claver Mullen Fiction on Twitter. And I'm Claver Mullen on LinkedIn. And my site's clavermolumfiction.com. And you can find me on OG at Instagram. I'm not on a ton of social media. I have a Twitter. I don't use it for anything. So only follow me on Twitter if you want to see a bunch of really dumb Dungeons and Dragons posts. But my Instagram, <laughs> I'll be doing my actors polls as usual. So give me a, a follow um, to keep up with those and make sure your votes votes heard. There it is. There it is. Thank you for listening to Sinister Soup this week. We'll see you next week. I've been Claver Mullum. And I've been Travis Vermullum. And we are both still those people. <laughs>